It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, friends. Welcome to the journey of discovery and welcome down to the Foxes Dojo. We have a lot to talk about because I was in Fortaleza on the weekend and coming up this weekend, there is a bloody huge pay-per-view down in Australia for a middleweight title belt. So we should really talk about that. I've asked you guys for your questions, which I will get to in a sec. I thought I'd just share a couple of anecdotes from uh, Fortaleza. So it was. It took a little while to get there, and it was easier for me than it was for most. I think I flew in, 12-hour trip, 4-hour layover, another 3-hour flight, and then a, a short transit to the hotel. But I got to dip my feet in the warm ocean over in the northeast of Brazil. That was a treat after being in Poland the week before where I was at the top of a mountain in minus 15 degrees Celsius, which was pretty damn cold. So very different uh, very, very different types of temperature and it just reminds me of how lucky I am for this life and, and the different things that I get to do. But I'm not going to gloat about that. You don't want to hear about old lucky old John. Uh, so... What else happened? Well, it was, an, it was a new role for me. It was a new role for Dan, I think, in a sense as well. And we were joined by Laura Sanko. New role for Michael Bisping, which I will uh, talk about as well. Well, actually, before I forget, so Michael Bisping, first time commentating for the UFC proper. I thought he did a grand job, but he had me in hysterics a couple of times. I, I think the, the funniest line was something about going for a double leg takedown. When you get your when you get your hands around the butt, is this what he said? When you when you get your hands around the butt, you're most definitely going for a ride. Now he said it a whole lot better than that, and in, in the spur of the moment as well, had me in hysterics. Absolutely broke me. So uh, so, so that was funny. But the the new role for me was was one that I was very excited about. I I believe that I have a the kind of style. Uh, that would suit the hosting role, uh, which is done so brilliantly by others like uh, J.A. And, and Karen Bryant. I think she's excellent. But certainly with people that I know, I think I can bring out some good analysis from those folk. And interviewing is something that I'm really keen on too. So so yeah, it, it ticked a lot of boxes for me. Very different going into that than commentary. I actually prepared like I was going into commentary. I could have called those fights no problem if poor Brendan had had some sort of slip or something of that nature. So I always go in super prepared, as I'm sure you guys have noticed now. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't use half of that stuff. And and it was it was pretty hairy out there. There's a lot of moving parts on that desk. And, and I have to say, I, I stumbled and, and hit a few speed bumps and didn't lead Dan correctly and 
Dan struggled with a few pronunciations. Um, Mara Borello, Maro Romello Borello. See, it's contagious. This is what happens. So Laura, she was struggling with it or said that she used to struggle with that pronunciation in Invicta. Dan was fine with it. And then um, and then just as the cameras went live, it became a problem. So that Mara Romero Borella, if she said it. But we, you guys don't want to hear it like that, do you? So, so we didn't go down that route. But I couldn't get Hodges Lima correct, which is weird. Heard that guy's name a bunch of times. But apparently during rehearsals, I thought he was Hodges de Lima. No idea why. But this is what happens in my little brain. I make up things and insert them into people's names. Um, we had a stream. It was about to hit the desk at the pre-show uh, when the weigh-ins were going on. There was a number of people with squeegees just mopping and and re-diverting the water so that we didn't go ankle deep because we weren't in our Havianas at that point. I did have a nice pair of ones and twos, uh, shoes, for those that aren't aware of the Cockney rhyming slang. So, so yeah, that was that was uh, Brazil all over, whether it's a challenge for the infrastructure, if you like. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, food. Now, the food was tricky for me. So as some of you might know, I don't eat the meat. Not the meat, not me. And nor the eggs, nor the milk. So that takes a lot out. And when you go to places like Brazil, they don't really cater for the plant-powered being that I am. And as an example, powdered soya milk. Now, I don't typically like to choose the soya milk and more of an almond, oat, hemp, basically anything other than cows and soy. Uh, but then I had to go with the powdered stuff. I had to go with the powdered stuff, put that on my cereal. And at one point I even thought about putting it in my tea, but I didn't have a kettle in the room. It's hot, right? No one has a cup of tea, a cup of rosy. They don't do that in hotels in Brazil. So I was left wanting I'm on a. I'm cutting out caffeine at the moment. I've been off caffeine for a few weeks, so I had a, I had a little pouch of decaf tea that I'd taken with me. Never broke it open. Bit disappointed about that, but there you go. What was good, however, was the fruits. But I did come back, and I still don't feel. I still don't feel right. The balances aren't there, and I think it's because I didn't eat correctly, and what I did eat may have upset me. But one thing that I've done, those of you that might be um, interested in that whole nutrition side, is I used to take, and I just didn't prepare well, I used to take something called Huel with me, H-U-E-L. I think it's global, but certainly in the UK, they're very present, and it's a meal replacement shake. You can get it in various flavors, but it's a really good kind of emergency sustenance. So obviously, being a meal replacement, it's got apparently everything that you need. It's been designed by a doctor of nutrition and you can add whatever. I mean, it's bland if you just add water and it's a vanilla. It's okay. Uh, but when you put it in shakes and mix it up, it's actually very pleasant. Can't really do that on the road. But anyway, uh, I didn't have that with me. We had a big building project recently and all of my Huel packets just got covered in dust and it made me feel a bit sick that I'd be then consuming that. So, uh, so yeah, I need to get some Huel and I smashed all of my nuts and cereal bars way too early which left me wanting if you like so I always keep a couple for the show day because otherwise it's just a bunch of bananas and too much fruit on a long broadcast you need to you know what I'm saying so uh, so that's why I keep a couple of cereal bars in reserve for that so that was a shame so I've probably lost weight and my skin color probably looks a little different now so apologies for the way that I look 
On to the questions then. Well, actually, no, let's talk about the the main card on on Fortaleza first. And some of the questions will tie into that. But I thought it was a really good main card. Started off a little tough with Souza versus Frotter. I didn't really think that Frotter was going to do as well as she did, if I'm honest, because it went to a split. Um, Suze is very, very good, very well schooled. You know, the level of competition that she's faced in the past as well. Her ground game is excellent. I thought Frotter was quite ploddy, um, but she, she did well. I mean, she missed weight and she looked like she was, you know, one or two weight categories heavier than Suze, but the fight was accepted and it went on. Johnny Walker, my guy, the new star of the light heavyweight division. Well, this fella is something, right? So he earned his stripes right here in Europe. I think he was the UCMMA light heavyweight champ. He's monstrous. The guy's huge, but he's got a personality as well. Now, I'm not going to go too far into his dancing. You know, I like, let, let's draw a line because I like the worm and I like some of that. But I don't like a big man with a mohawk looking down the lens or into the crowd doing some sort of Chippendales act. Now, I get it. Like, do your thing, dude. Do your thing. Because we have female supporters of the UFC now in the MMA. So uh, so crack on. But for me, I felt, I was just like, okay. You know, I don't have to look down the lens while, I, while you're doing that, uh, doing that dance. But, I mean, they're good moves, right? Very good moves. I mean, I, I can appreciate the art form. But he absolutely smashed it. Justin Adette was someone who... You know, has come down to light heavyweight and has faced two monsters. Alexander Rakic and Johnny Walker. That's a fight, by the way. They could put those two together. I kind of not sure if I want to see it yet because they're both on the rise. And I hear a lot of people calling for big names for Johnny Walker. They're even talking about John Jones right now. And obviously that's in the future. But to be matchmaking at that level this early on in his career, I mean, it means that he's doing something really good. I don't know what that means about how people perceive the 205 division. But when you think about Özdemir, Reyes, Serkinov, OSP, Anthony Smith, uh, Thiago Santos, Jimmy Manuel, Corey Anderson, Jan Bojovic, you're like overlooking a whole bunch of people to talk about John Jones. Now, I mean, get behind the guy, yes. Slow that down, though. I'd, I'd like to see him with another couple of fights, just to see him tested. Like, and maybe another striker and a grappler. Just let's see where he's at. Can you imagine him versus Thiago Santos, by the way? I mean, I know that Santos is up the, the food chain there. But if he if he comes off a loss, maybe, to, to Bojovic, the timing's not too bad. So that that would be pretty interesting. I know it's Brazil versus Brazil. But just in terms of styles, I quite like that fight. There's a lot out there for him. I think he makes fights exciting, whoever he's up against. But... Let's see what happens when he faces someone with, with decent wrestling credentials, a little jiu-jitsu, um, but one to watch for sure. Charles Oliveira, David Taymor. I mean, Oliveira looked sensational. He had it everywhere. He really had, uh, this is a phrase that you guys don't always use in the States, right? A bee in his bonnet. He was amped up. It's like he had a problem with David Taymor all through the week. I know that he's someone who's a, who can get quite fiery and he's got that about him, but everything seemed to be in, in that flow state and I really enjoyed the way that he was putting his strikes together. But man, that guy's submission. I, we talk about grapplers in MMA and, uh, and Jacare and Damian Meyer and uh, uh, Verdum, the best 
grapplers in mixed martial arts and maybe because Oliveira just didn't have the resume outside of mixed martial arts and didn't you know smash the ADCCs and all the world championships before he got there but Ooh, is it 13 submission wins inside the octagon now? That's so impressive. And like an anaconda choke as well to pull that off from standing. And ah, oh, please, please. Amazing. Love it. And then obviously the king himself, Damian Meyer, uh, but not the king of the highest number of submissions, but just one of the nicest guys ever. I got to interview him on the desk and then I got a ride back with him to the airport and just... He's just a sweet man, just a nice guy. Even when you listen to him talk about using jiu-jitsu so that it doesn't hurt people. I mean, I mean, amazing. I really, I mean, I just love that guy. Love that guy, his age. Lyman Good is a monster. My Lord, that's some like physique goals if ever I've seen them. And Damian Meyer just controlled him. Jose Aldo, incredible. Incredible performance, turning back the clock, vintage, vintage Jose, love the celebration, let him fight in Brazil. You know, it seems to work for him and he's obviously coming to the end of his tenure with the UFC now. That's me kicking my desk, by the way, sorry. Uh, 2019, he says the last time in little gloves, so apparently going to be uh, going into another sport, whether it's boxing or kickboxing, something like that. So we'll, we'll see what's happening there. Moicano, now here's one. He was the underdog. Aldo was the underdog in that. And I didn't say anything at the time, but really, Aldo the underdog? I mean, he came come off a really great win in his last outing against Jeremy Stevens. He fought Holloway twice. And I mean, Conor McGregor as well. And McGregor had that campaign to get in his head. I'm not saying he doesn't beat him more times out of 10, uh, but Aldo doesn't lose 10 times out of 10 against McGregor in my eyes. It's just the way that in which it went down and that hangover, that just the, the sheer weight of the Conor McGregor name, it just it just hangs around someone's neck so heavy. So sometimes we forget and we shouldn't forget any longer. Moicano's not really a, a guy that's going to finish you on the feet. Yeah, he gets some knockdowns every now and then, but I don't think he's got a, a massive amount of knockouts. Good at submissions, but try and hold Jose Aldo down. Chad Mendes couldn't do it. So I'm not sure if Moicano was going to be able to do it either. So the, the odds were puzzling and they were proved to be wrong. And then Marlon Moraes, Rafael Asuncao, what a way to go about your business. First round submission. Submission from the knockout guy. I love it. And he's, a, you know, let's take a moment. One thing I did go, I, I, I completely just skated over at the top end when recapping my Fortaleza experience. Possibly the cringiest moment of my professional broadcasting career was with Marlon Morais. I say to myself, why did I choose to be funny? Why did I choose to go in for the handshake? Why was I doing things that I know you shouldn't do in a broadcasting position? I think I got pulled into it by what was going on around the desk, but I won't let that happen again. Marlon, you denied me twice. Dan, you batted my handshake down. I couldn't get that skin on skin. I look like a fool, but it's all good and it's funny. And I managed to get that handshake at the end, but Marlon, clearly very emotional and only had eyes for Dan. 
didn't even know I was there really, which is why he didn't see my handshake. But it's it's okay, I forgive him. His performance was outstanding. He was in the moment. Dan is a legend. I am not. I'm just there to ask the questions. Um, but hopefully next time, Marlon, maybe you can give me a little love, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's covered now. And uh, it was very funny. And uh, thank you to um, MMA Junkie George, who I think pulled that up, put that on Instagram so that the world could see. Cheers, mate. All on the same side, yeah? Only joking. Right, what else have we got? Questions, questions, questions. Let's get to the questions. Right, let's rattle through these. Darren Carson, Aldo McGregor 2. Could it happen after Jose's win and Conor saying he'd like to fight in Brazil? Yeah, Conor said that he had signed up to fight in Brazil. Uh, I'm get when was that? Would that have been UFC 212? I can't remember. Um, I'm not sure what he was getting at there. Could it happen? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And what a way to let Jozo go out. Will the UFC let that happen? I don't know. I really don't know. What weight class as well? Would Connor get down to featherweight? Well, I mean, he's a professional. So yeah, he would get down to featherweight. Would he take that fight? I don't know if he'll take that fight. I think he's got eyes for others. I think he's really, I think he's really into this cowboy idea. I think if this was like Nate Diaz saying about the next fight, then yeah, or a question about Nate Diaz. Yeah, I think that fight could definitely happen, especially if Diaz was about to go away and they were under a time constraint to put it together. But Aldo McGregor too, oh, I mean, it would sell. Everything, everything McGregor sells. Right now, people are back on that Aldo train as well outside of Brazil, because in Brazil, let me tell you, they love them some Jose Aldo. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's interesting. Would they do it in Brazil? Oh, you need a big old security set up for that. Right, Matt, you have asked, with Hegerio Bontarin arriving at 125 last weekend and Kai Curra France is having a chance to beat a breakout start at flyweight, why the entire division is still in limbo and what would be a solution? Henry versus Jiu-Jitsu 2 and Marlon versus TJ. I think there are a couple of suggestions. Now, Bontarin, yes, did he win that fight? I mean, officially, yes. Very tight fight. I'm not sure if I would have given it to him, but I'd have to go back and watch it again. Kai Kara France, yeah, I mean, he is a guy at flyweight as well. He's very small and, you know, he has star power, I think. Star power in the sense of his, um, the way that he he fights. He's a really nice guy. I think nowadays, and I don't want to sound disrespectful, nowadays, star power, I think of... Well, his teammate, uh, Adesanya, Conor McGregor, uh, even guys like Mike Perry, you know, these are ones that really create that quick, whip up that quick sort of star power. And Kaikara France is quite a reserved, humble guy. Is that enough? That's what, I mean, DJ had something about him and then there was all this talk about him not selling those pay-per-views. But sort of digress. Um... Why is the division in limbo? I don't know. I mean, it still seems to be still seems to be ticking along. They're still making fights at 125. And I'm happy about it, by the way. As a real student of the game, I think you see some of the best work at 125. They, they don't knock each other out all the time. So then you see high, high-level technique. Yes, it's quick, so you've got to be on that slow-mo button. But it's incredible to watch. If, if you're really into it, I, I get it. For the sensationalist side, it's not like bang, bang, over. Um, but you get a lot for your money, if you indeed are a fight geek like me. Uh, and then possible, 
matchups. Henry Cejudo versus Joe B. Two. Yeah, I mean, there's a storyline there for sure. Cejudo looked like a man who has options when we were speaking to him. Uh, He's saying that he's a big guy as well. Did he say that he was about 140-something on fight day? So that's a weight class. That's two two weight classes above. He goes to bantamweight. That's still a weight class above um, where he fights. So I think he has a history at bantamweight as well. And after being octagon side and seeing Marlon Moraes and things of that nature, I'm... Personally, think he probably would have had his his appetite wet there as well. So, let's see. Marlon versus TJ. I think, you know, in in all fairness, the two fights that were mentioned, Cejudo and then Benavidez too. Yes, get that done. And then Marlon versus Dillashaw. Get that done. And then maybe see what happens then with Cejudo um, or Benavidez. And then. Uh, the winner of that Marlon and Dillashaw fight. Let's see see what happens because we got we got Garbrandt in there as well, and there's, there's a whole lot more going on. With Silver facing heavy odds of winning this weekend, uh, 43. I think John sent this in uh, from memory. Thank you, mate. One win since 2012. Losing this weekend, would it be more to walk away? At this point, Tito could defeat him, in my opinion. I think there was an LOL on there as well. Yeah, odds against him. Um, He's older. But you can't count him out. You can't count out the spider. I have this thing with Anderson where I feel like he's this crazy genius who has gotten to this point in his career where he's, he's very experimental inside the octagon. Just like... When I spoke to him before the uh, Bisbing fight, I think it was, he was talking about all the Filipino boxing that he was practicing. So then he went through this whole thing of standing up against the fence, doing Filipino boxing, which is great for you to exercise whatever you're learning, uh, and new skills, etc. I don't really know if that's... Do it for a little bit, but then it, but then know that you've got to win the rounds and know that you've got to win the fight. And I think that Anderson believes that he can win the fight at any time, so he sits back a little bit. I still believe that when he really just wants to turn it on, he can. And he will still beat 90% of the guys out there. He'll just do Anderson and then front kick him in the face or upwards elbow them in the chops or something like that. He's got it in there. And now he's a real... He's an elder statesman. He's gonna. He needs to use that, but in the right way. So I think that he still has legs in this game. Definitely, I still think he can compete at the highest level. But um, but we'll see. He's up against a young stud who actually fights in a in a similar kind of way. I.e., he fights in a loose, creative, striking fashion. And I just don't. I don't know if Anderson is. If we see the Anderson that we've seen recently, who's just a bit kind of complacent, then I think he, he's going to get outworked and and maybe dropped. But if we see an Anderson who's fully dialed in, is like, right, no messing around, Anderson. Let's get in there and, and get this done. Then we have a, a fantastic battle on our hands. So, yeah, I don't know about that Tito question. Uh, I'm going to leave the Tito stuff aside. Dustin Love talks about uh, Gasolum's strength and conditioning program with John Walker of MTT Fitness. Do I think he'll need to lean on that cardio? Does it go five rounds? Listen, you are in a five-round fight. He's prepared for five-round fights before, but I, I put this to Dan on the Inside the Octagon uh, show, and Dan was saying, but he's not gone five rounds 
like Whitaker has. And Whitaker's gone five rounds with one of the biggest guys in the division, if not the biggest guy, one of the most athletic guys in a division, most powerful guys. He took the shots, broke his hand, wrecked his knee, and still won. So there's something in that. He's Whitaker, adaptable, great heart, mad chin, one of the, uh, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head. I will be doing a stats video as well, by the way. Look out for that. His striking output is one of the best in middleweight history ever. It might even be number one right now. Uh, can't remember. Look at the stats video. Yet to do it. Um, so there's going to be a lot of output, a lot of pressure. Yes, Gasolum has power, but I don't think he should rely on that because... We know that Whitaker's so tough. Can it go five rounds? Yeah, it definitely can because that's what Whitaker's style lends itself to. Yes, he can be like a big uh, crash bang kapow all over like the Brunson fight, that crazy load of energy coming together. But I think as a champion as well, he's going to be a little bit more cautious, not quite so reckless. So I think it has got the potential to go five rounds. But a Whitaker fight over five rounds is something that we should all be actually quite happy about because he puts so much into it. It's beautiful to watch. Um, Will, therefore, Gassam need that strength and conditioning? Yes. And if you look at his videos, he's got a few sores around his mouth. Now, I think that looks like a rundown fighter to me. Not saying he's not going to recover, but he's definitely been really putting himself through it. That's my opinion. It might not be fact. It just seen it up close. I haven't seen him and and listened to him. But that's what it looks like. It looks like he's really been putting it in Will he recover enough to take on um, Whitaker over five rounds on home soil in Melbourne? The the jet lag thing will be fine. Two weeks he's been there now or by fight night, so so he'll be good. Yeah, the, the cardio is a big thing. Gaston's got a great one-two, great power, brilliant wrestling, um, loves a submission as well. Good luck with that. Uh, Whitaker's shown that he can defend all of those things. So it's a tough, tough fight, a really good battle as well. Interested to see it. Ian Lindsay, any plans for more UFC shows? I don't know if that's a question for me or for the UFC. Um, Either for Fight Pass or BT Sports, will you be part of the ESPN team following interviewing a fighter after a win or loss? Right, I'm going to, I'll broad because I'm not, I think you're asking me, but I'm going to say, I believe there's a similar amount of shows this year uh, under the ESPN banner. I believe it's similar. Um, Am I going to be doing anything more for Fight Pass or BT Sport? I have um, a really good line of communication right now with BT Sport, which I'm, I'm super happy about. I did a live Q&A for them, much uh, very similar to this. I did that for them whilst I was in Brazil. I'm hoping to do more of that for them as well. I have a column that's going to be coming out um, this week as well, I believe, for BT Sport digitally. So that's great. In terms of shows, like broadcast shows, I don't know. Uh, Dan and I are now rejigging, or the producers, Dan and I, the team, inside the Otscon team, is now reformatting the show so that it can be put out to broadcast, which is why we now have a commercial break, for those of you that have seen it. Um, I hope BT do more. I really do, and I'd love to be a part of it. I, 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 you know, I got into this to represent the sport. I've been through the grassroots and now I'm right up here at the UFC level and I, and I think I can bring something to that. I think I really can and, and I'd love for BT Sport to give us the platform to really help speak to the new and the old UFC fans. So fingers crossed. Um, will I be part of the ESPN team following interviewing a fighter? So basically more desk work. 
how did I do? How did I do? I haven't spoken to the decision makers. I certainly haven't been um, told off and a whole bunch of stuff saying, you know, you're never going to do this again. You idiot. Don't come back. So I'd like to think so. I think they're doing the traveling desk, which means there'll be opportunities for all of us uh, who work in the broadcast team to swap it up. And so you guys get lots of different opinions and lots of different combinations. So it's exciting times for the fans as well as for us because we're getting more opportunities. You guys get to see people in different roles um, and different combinations like Bisbing and Brendan. I mean, it's it's great. The future is looking great. Uh, and I do, sorry, I do want to do more for Fight Pass. Um, there's something in the works there. It's early. It's along lines of the Darren Till thing that I did. Um, so watch this space. Still stuff to work out there, but it's exciting. Henners. What's an underrated fight on this weekend's card? Right, bear with me, caller. We have we have a, a lot of fantastic fights. But who am I particularly excited about? Right, 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 right. Well, it's difficult to know what's not rated right now because so, I've been in, in, uh, in Brazil. Jimmy Crute versus Sam Alvey. Late replacement, Sam Alvey. Always makes a fight exciting. Um, Jimmy Crew is a young, sort of brash guy from Australia. Had a good showing uh, out in Adelaide. Sam Alvey's like a bonus hunter. Crazy fights. Just all drama. So that could be very interesting. Who else have we got? Uh, Shane Young. Shane Young, look out for that guy. Again, a, a guy from that um, City kickboxing team. In New Zealand, he's always very entertaining. And uh, Lando Vanessa as well, Marco Rosa. So Lando's just got one of those styles. So I, I think it, one from each there. One from each. Look out for those. Moving along to our next penultimate question from Elite Irish Sports. What's your opinion on the likes of Anderson Silva continuing to fight at the highest level at his age? Is it admirable? Yes. Or reckless for the fighter's health? Well, consider that the UFC has a lot of stringent tests, a lot of monitoring. I think Anderson has a good team around him as well. So if he was struggling, if he was showing signs of whatever, then then I think his team would pull him back. I mean, Mark, do you remember that situation with Mark Hunt uh, where they, because he was suffering concussion-like symptoms, uh, Max Holloway as well. So the UFC take this stuff very seriously. Anderson's had time as well time between fights it's not like he's out there five times a year not even three times a year so he's having these big gaps right now which means that he's able to recover in many different in many different ways so so yes that's that's allowing his body to carry on i think it's hugely admirable let's see where he's at against this young lion um adesanya Damien Meyer proved at his age, with his style, that he can carry on at the highest level. But a lot of these fighters are now talking about it being their last days. So we, we have to respect that, and which is good that they recognize that. I think that's what you're getting at. Um, is it reckless? There are some fighters out there that are reckless. What is reckless for me is when the, they wrap up with their UFC career, and then they go on somewhere else and still, still take hard fights. And sometimes the... Uh, it's not as, the testing is not as stringent as in the medical testing as well as performance, um, the 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 performance enhancing drugs testing and and all of that kind of stuff. USADA based things. You know what I'm getting at. God, I'm tired. Um, so yes, I, I'm I'm okay with this one. 
Uh, let's see what happens on the weekend to see whether I'm still okay with him carrying on. Question yeah. from Danny. Thank you. What do you think of the lightweight division in terms of matchmaking? Oh, it's a tough one, right? There's a lot of guys in that division to match up. And I mean, it's it's always been one of the most exciting and talent-rich divisions of you know, of mixed martial arts, let alone the UFC. So I'm just looking down the rankings now. So we know that the Khabib situation was difficult. He had the hearing, blah, blah, blah. And he's going on his world tour and 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 all of that kind of stuff. Tony Ferguson. Now, apparently, Khabib's manager came out and said that Tony's not a deserving uh, challenger to the title. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, he is. Um, I, I, I would like to see that. Connor's at number two. What's Connor going to do next? He looks like he's interested in a fight with Donald Cerrone. Um, or Khabib, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Serrani's in at number nine, and he came off of a great win over Anthony, Anthony uh, Alexander Hernandez. So he's right back there. I mean, that and there's there's appetite for that fight. Dustin Poirier, feel sorry for that guy. Um, he could. Why can't he challenge for the title? I think he's got the credentials, and I think he should be in line as well. Ally Quinta, man, raging owl. I mean, he's risen right to the top. And with that win over Kevin Lee, there's a little bit of distance now in that top four. So it'd be, you know, what do we do with, with Al? I don't know, by the way. I'm, I'm not a good matchmaker in that sense. Kevin Lee seems to be happy to fight anyone right now. And I really respect that. Looking to build his way back up and just, just get out there, get active, put his uh, put his L behind him and get back to work. Uh, Barboza is fighting Gaethje, six and seven together. That's a good piece of matchmaking. Anthony Pettis is going up to welterweight again uh, to try his hand against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's not in the title picture right now, so why not? You know, why not? That's a really exciting fight. Uh, the UFC is a promoter. They want to put on fights that people want to see. That's a fight that I would like to see. Two very dynamic striking stylists going up against one another. Um, going further down, Serrani, we spoke about James Vick. I mean, you know, he's he's got to defend his position in that top 10 uh, against Paul Felder and then you've got uh, Gillespie who just is looking better and better hasn't lost I think his last four fights or something been, been a finish as well or something like that so he's he's really good Nate Diaz who knows and then we get down to guys like Hernandez he's on a loss Charles Oliveira I mean beats beats a lot of those guys in the top 10 on his day uh, but been around a long time now so it's a key fight for him next so uh, so there's a lot of options there a lot of fights to make and um you know, I think that there's a lot of star power, a lot of headliners. Anyone in that top 10 can headline a card um, this like throughout the year. So so they're, they're going to I think the UFC are being careful and obviously it's scheduling injuries and all that uh, play a part. But yeah, I'm excited for the lightweight division. That is all the questions that I've managed to get together. Thank you very much for sending those in. Uh, what have I got coming up? What have we got coming up? What am I involved in? Right, so coming this week are the Fight Night Facts. I'll be doing those for the uh, UFC 234 main event. So look out for that. That's my fully crammed in four minutes of all your numbers and a couple of storylines as well. Uh, BT Sport column coming at the end of the week. So look out for that one. Have you seen Inside the Octagon for Gastelum, Whitaker? If you haven't, 
go and check it out. It's on YouTube. It'll also be on your TV, BT Sport, ESPN, or ESPN Plus, one of the two. Uh, so have a look for that. Please let us know what you think. And we have an extra show as well, Inside the Octagon Extra. That, I think, is currently on the UFC's Instagram TV button. You know the new thing that I don't know how to put stuff on and, and how it works? Yeah, it's on there. It's also on Facebook. So that is similar to this, taking questions from uh, you good people and answering them. Or I pose them to Dan and he answers them and I maybe put a little slither on top as well. But that's out there for your entertainment. All wrapped up here. So listen, I'm trying to build this bad boy up, this uh, journey of discovery. Plenty more to come. Short, long form, all of it. This is where I'm going to be putting my stuff from here on in. So hit subscribe. If you think this is good, share it. Let me know. Give it a like. I appreciate that. And I will be back on your screens proper. Let me see what is coming up. What is coming up? Probably for an Inside the Octagon around UFC Prague. And then I'm going to be in Prague commentating. Very much looking forward to that. Back with my guy, Dan Hardy, in the booth in one of the most romantic cities in Europe for a fight night. So uh, make sure you tune into that as well. I'm out of here. Peace, thumbs, hang loose. Catch you on the other side. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.